Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, The Garage. This is The Brothers Catch-Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. A couple weeks ago on this show, we need to make corrections. I don't know if we brought this up last week, but two corrections I wanted to make about the conversation we had about the best songs of all time. (laughs) The first is... We didn't realize when we were having the discussion that Lady Gaga is Stephanie, Stephanie, who we said good for her for writing one of the best songs of all time, Paparazzi. Too bad it was Lady Gaga. We were like, too bad it's not Lady Gaga. (laughs) We we just don't know. We're not Lady Gaga fans. The second thing I want to correct is I made the claim that the best song of all time, and you made the claims on what you thought the best songs were all time, uh, was Country Grammar by Nelly. And while it is one of the best, we said, we gave our caveats as to what exactly we're classifying the best song of all time. But in re-listening to that discussion, and then going through, like, in my head, because I'm always second-guessing the stuff we say on this podcast, and challenge our beliefs to make sure. funny, I don't do that at all. To make sure that what I said was, I stand by I record it, and then I walk out and never think about it again. I think I was making the claim that, like, it's too subjective, so, like, these are just my opinions on what the best is, and it's like, oh, it's got to be popular, so, but, like, just on a whole different standard, so, like, we'll let that stand, but I feel like I should say... There is an objective best song of all time. That's It's actually the best work of art of all time. It's not even just a song of all time. It's just like the best piece of human writing, probably of the last hundred years, if not all time. So like it definitely goes ahead of Country Grammar and all those songs we mentioned on that podcast. And it just came to my attention recently that people are like... People are forgetting that the song even exists. Like There's not a lot of traffic on its YouTube videos and on conversations about it online. So what, you sent me? No, well, that, it was, I sent you that because I was also down this rabbit hole. But that is Shadows, even Shadows Have Shadows by Idea, that is the greatest song of all time. And I'm not going to expand further on it, just go listen to it, and then you'll know. But it is, it is the best thing ever written. By one of the most talented people who ever lived. It's an entire genre that just doesn't get enough. Dude, all those It's amazing that, like, (laughs) even when rap was at its highest, probably, like, what, like, 90s? Yeah, sure. To, like, maybe early 2000s? Like, the West Coast rap wars and all that stuff? Like, even at its peak, those type of guys never got the play that, like, they should have. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, on a totally unrelated note, I just noticed your Ziploc box over here. Yeah. And Ziploc sells a freezer and a regular. Is think- there a difference? It's probably slight. You could probably get away with the regular in the I freezer. I freeze regular stuff all the time. But this is probably just like slightly less chance of freezer burn. Like they made one engineering or what design could be the change. difference? It's probably like a either a thicker. I mean, that's says grip and seal technology. A thicker bag with a better seal. You know, maybe there's a different shape that makes it less icy. Like who knows? I think it's marketing. I think it's funny. Like R and D at all these companies. And by the way, like Ziploc is probably like a. Who could possibly own... Is it Unilever? Like, it's probably one of these it's giant... SC Johnson. Is it SC Johnson? It says right on SC Johnson, a family company. All right, so it's a huge... The R&D that SC Johnson puts into all of its products, all it takes is one fucking scientist in a lab somewhere to be like, if you do this with the bag... I think it's the exact same bag. I can't imagine it's any different. It's It's slightly, slightly different, but also not much different at all. Marketing. Um, so yeah, so those are my... I want to correct those two things about music. Idea has been dead now for... First of all, I didn't realize... 
Idea died at age 29, and he's been dead now for like 10 years. So like, I didn't know he was that young when he died. Either. God, <laughs> I thought he was like maybe like mid 30s. I'm getting old, dude. But there's the end of that song. Like, I started at the two minute mark and put it on twi- TikTok. So if anyone follows my TikTok account, you can go listen to to this segment. If you're not familiar with the song, which most people in the world aren't, Idea was an underground rapper. Uh, came out of the Rhyme Sayers crew. Um, guys like Aesop Rock, Slug from Atmosphere. Sage Francis, Blueprint, is, is Logic, atmosphere Cipher. These guys all rap together. Is Atmosphere the the most popular, you think? Or is it Aesop? Probably Aesop. Right, like Aesop's Slug, probably the I one... I who... Slug's got a lot of following, too. Dude, all those guys are from Minneapolis, too, which is crazy. Is Sage from, from Minneapolis? Minneapolis? No, he's from Rhode Island. Oh, yeah, he is from, he's from Providence. And Aesop Rock's from, like, what, Connecticut? Brooklyn, I thought. Oh, you know what? I think you're right. I think he's like from Brooklyn. Dude. Minneapolis in 2000 was wild place. <laughs> from Minneapolis. And I'm just doing But shit. Idea uh, put out a song. Uh, it was like a it was a deep cut. It's not even his one of his like album songs. Even Shadows Have Shadows. The last two minutes of that song, the way he describes how he's feeling, I think should apply to every single American who's aware of the problems in our culture and society. Idea comes across in 2023 as a prophet or as someone who's like so astutely tuned in to our to our collapse as a as a culture that it's unreal and i think that hindsight will prove that do you think if it wasn't for tony hawk no one would know anything about underground rap there were a few different projects like it wasn't just tony hawk there was a few different like, the Jackass videos would play, like, clips of Underground Rap. There's a lot of things in the 90s that would take samples from a lot of these guys' songs. Like, Aesop and Sage and, and and Atmosphere songs that you'd hear in the background of things. And that, like, blew up that scene for a lot of people back then. But then, that was it. Like, a lot, none of these guys, except for Aesop Rock and Atmosphere, who are still putting out music, I think. None of these guys really got any recognition in, like, the mainstream hip-hop world. I mean, I, Idea was at least on, like, the soundtrack. He had Big Shot. I mean, that was, like, a pretty good... Mm-hmm. So, did, so did Atmosphere. They had Trying to Find a Balance. That was, like, a... I think Aesop was on one of them. Probably. I don't know what. Oh, actually, I think... Um, labor Days? La- yeah, I think uh, Labor. This is Labor, Labor. You know what? I've actually been on a... Because, I like, my workouts are, are stupidly long. Yeah. Like... I get very tired of music very quickly, and I'm oh I can't do podcasts when I'm lifting. I need actual music, and it's like I'm just always looking for music, and I hate trying new music because I need to like kind of know a song to like work out to it. And I've just been going through each Aesop album. Like each time I go to the gym, like I'll just play an album start to finish, and I'll probably like listen to it like two or three times. Um. <laughs> That Labor Days might be one of the best albums of all. It time. really is so. It is so good. Every song is. You, just I know like, you love that song. Uh, what is it? Re- no regrets. Isn't that one of your favorites? Yeah, mm-hmm. Lucy was seven and more <laughs> ahead of Blue Brevets. Yeah, yeah, that song's insane. Flash Flood is so good. Flash Flood, yeah. Uh, Coffee. Nine oh, to Five Workers not... Anthem. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Nine to Five. Coffee's on. Yeah, Coffee's Nunchal on. Pass. Nunchal Pass, which is also album incredible. Nunchal Not Pass as good, is though. weaker in the middle. Yes, correct. 
It's not as but good. The, then, saw, the two coffee pins. And then I don't even like Skeleton that much. Skeleton has like a few songs that are really good. Rings is so solid. But that's that's the next album. That's Impossible oh. Kid. And Impossible that Kid's album really is and so I, good. And I told you how much I like the newest. Yeah, I don't the, know if it's the newest it's now. Not but. The, I don't think it is now, but it's the, the Happy Camp song. Yeah, I, I really like that I, album. I haven't even listened to that album. That I haven't really gone good. there yet. So he's just amazing. But idea of all of them, I think, was the most raw talent. He's the best. I think if he didn't he's die, he's probably the lyricist would've. of all of them. Like Aesop is the most obviously accomplished in terms of like putting putting words out there. Like Aesop knows the most words. So you've like, watched that video, right? Yeah, which is crazy, but he does. Like but, he like laughs. But I don't know if idea of... if idea had a full discography. I don't know if that That's would a, be true. Like, I think idea if, was. I think if he was alive, he probably eventually becomes like one of the biggest names in hip-hop i didn't know that idea had turned down multiple major record label deals i didn't know well, that. i think it's like if you listen to him you go oh he's the most talented artist i've ever heard like i think any executive is like let me give you a, a deal and he's like no nah. his freestyles dude go watch go down the rabbit dude, hole of idea the best, freestyles. he's got he's got a ton of good ones like a ton but my favorite, I don't think it's his best, but, like, my favorite is the one it's him and Slug on the morning show. Yeah, I was watching that. And Slug, that's, like, Slug's Slug, best Slug freestyle, and, and he gets bodied <laughs> by... Now, they're not battling, but, like... They're just passing It is just so much better. It's, like, you almost feel bad for Slug. You're like, dude, why? I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into, like, a studio with Slug him. Slug is really good in that video, too. He's right? really good in that video. Not even close. They're, but they're, they're perfect together, freestyling, because their cadences are so different. Who's, who's his DJ? Abilities? abilities? Abilities is ideas. And my man DJ Abilities brings in the beat. We about to creep up to a freestyle <laughs> cypher. Man right here. Yeah. Uh, you can't stop Sage, son. He's amazing. amazing. Yeah, that's it's funny. I actually find that video every, like, every, like, other year. You find I'll, you like, go to the orphanage? And I'll, like, listen to it. And I'm like, God. Because what a great time! My favorite thing about them, we've talked about this before, is like Sage starts it off, yeah, and he is not aware of what it is. Like you could tell, he's just like, "Oh, we're like, we're all just hanging out, we're having let's fun, reco- we're starting recording." Let's. He's like fucking around, and then everyone just kind of rips, and then it gets back to him, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know we good. were really, I didn't know we were going." And then his like his second his verse second is like verse is really good, but it's not. It's not the best of anyone who goes there because, like, they're all so good. No. Think about that. Like, Sage won the Scribble Jam. Idea won the Scribble Jam. I think. I don't think Aesop ever won. It. I don't think. I don't think Ace did many freestyle. I mean, M won a Scribble Jam, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where I think I think Eminem has a Scribble Jam win. I think he. Do beat, they still do Scribble Jams? That's a little I, thing. I think I remember seeing the battle. He beat. Um, oh, do you remember the Sage versus Brother Ali Scribble Jam? Yep. <laughs> Brother Ali, forgot about him too. They were all rhyme sayers, guys. And it's some... funny, like they still do, uh, like rap battles. Like rap battling is still a thing. It's like King of the Dot. Like yeah. Roan from Barstool came from that world, and he's like, and they're really good now, but it's different. I feel it's like not the just generic same. things that they've already thought and used. Well, before. it's just like but back then it was like literally just sit there and then, try and like back then it was like rap. You're actually just like freestyling, battling. Now it's like they're written. Like everything yeah. was like written beforehand. It's like I got jokes, and then like yeah, and it's like that's not what it was. It was just like a I don't know. It was kind of like more vicious back in the day. 
Well, it was really it was really trying to test like, can you rhyme and be coherent on the spot? And it's less that now. It's like, can you think of your weakest insults? How clever can you be? Yeah, it's like a little different. But back in those days, listening to Idea, you knew he was good. But I just, I just want to say that going down the rabbit hole again. Listening to a song like Even Shadows Have Shadows, which I think, and I'm not saying this lightly, like, the three best songs of all time are actually Jersey Girl by Tom Waits, Alleluia by Leonard Cohen, and then Even Shadows Have Shadows by Idea. And the reason why is because they're just so beautifully written and incredibly powerful. And and my whole philosophy, as a, coming from someone who used to be a writer, I guess, but like, my whole philosophy is if you can make your written word or created piece, your art, inspire the emotion that you want to inspire in someone else so powerfully, it's perfect. And, I mean, it's evident. Like, when you listen to the song Hallelujah, there's a reason why it gets covered by everyone. And everyone thinks that they can make it the most powerful version. There is a best version of that song. And it's not Leonard It Cohen. is Leonard Cohen. Rufus Wainwright. Dude, pentatonics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Their acapella version of that song is, it's flawless. Oh my god, I was, so, I, I was on the Jersey Girl Tom Waits live video the other night. One of them, there's a million of them. And there you know, we only comment. performed it one time. <laughs> there's a comment, and he, uh, the comment was like, ah, too self-indulgent for me. And my reaction like was... That. I don't think Tom Waits ever has recorded a single song. He's never stood on a stage and played a note. He's never opened his mouth and uttered a sound that wasn't done only for the enjoyment and entertainment of Tom Waits. Like, do you think he says because he wants you to like like it? Really, I think he's just doing what he likes. But I think that's kind of like everyone. That's art. Isn't art so? I was having this. I was having this exact conversation today, which is like, I've been reading this book that yeah. I'm. It's a classic. It was written in 1935. I'm not breaking any new ground by being by reading this book. It's like a bestseller of all time. Okay. It's Dale Bible. Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Okay. But he talks about in this book about nothing you can do is ever for any other reason than for your own enjoyment. Enjoyment. Yeah. Whether it's donating to charity, giving a gift, everything you do is for your purpose. Yeah. That's it. And it just and that doesn't mean it's bad. But like, that's what it is. So, like, yeah, of course it's self-indulgent. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, You think he's making that music for you? <laughs> what an arrogant prick you are. He's making that music for him. He's like, I'm making music. And if you like it, great. Yeah, I think that when you're, the, when you're a great artist, whether you have a lot of recognition or not, you have to be self-indulgent. Like... Great art is at its core not, has to be self-indulgent. If you're not, aren't you just like pandering? Well, yeah, because then it would, it's not really art if you're not making something that you love. Especially if, then it's just not authentic. So like, I don't know what is it then. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about our podcast is how often we talk about what art is and our and the things we define it as are always different from the last time. But I think that's a key factor of it. Like, yeah, you have to love it yourself if it's art. Even if you don't love it yourself, but as long as you're doing it for yourself. Yes, well, okay, so that's a good distinction. Because like, you might there's not probably love artists it. who like make something and they go, I hate I don't that, like that. But yes. you know what? I did it for me. That's a good distinction because you're right. 
you might not love it in the sense that like you're proud or you don't have criticisms of it, but love in the sense that like it's a creation of passion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you love a child. You might your child might disappoint you. But you have that love there. Um Alright. I don't know when to bring this up. Let's do it. <laughs> I've been so I finished Modern Family. Okay. Like a month ago now. Now, baseball's starting up literally on Thursday. So once baseball's back... Who knows what you'll be watching. I'll be watching baseball. baseball. So I don't really need a show. But in this time in between, it'd be nice to have a show. Yeah. And so I've been searching. I've started a show. A show that I've seen so many episodes of in my life, but I've never actually watched the series. Like, I'm watching South Park. Nice. So I'm From starting. The beginning? So I'm starting with season five. Okay. Now, there's season, a reason for that because that's when the animation changes. It's it gets a little bit better. It starts really like that's when people. That's season five. The third episode of the season is Scott Tennerman must die. Which if you haven't seen that episode, that's like one of the episodes I had seen before. Is that the tears. Yeah, he makes his yeah. the kid eat his parents. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great um, episode. It's incredible. So I've been watching it. Now, there are this, a handful of South Park episodes that will bring you to tears of laughter. So that's what I've always thought. The problem with South Park to me... Is that there are a lot of misses. Not only are there a lot of misses, the misses are caused by them themselves. Like, in my opinion, it's a good thing when they're doing astute social commentary. But a lot of the times, they're alienating people, I feel like. I think that's part of the show. Yeah, I think so. But, like... Like you can find yourself on the wrong side of their jokes and just be like, well, I think you're wrong. And then you're spending the whole time being like, blah. Yeah, maybe. So far, I'm on... I started with season five. I'm like almost done with the season already. And I I was assuming I wasn't going to like some of the episodes. Because I thought it would be like... I don't know. I just thought that the episodes I knew already were really good. And then the episodes I hadn't watched, I just assumed they weren't as good. Yeah. But I'm finding out I'm just wrong. And, like, all the episodes are pretty damn good. They're all funny. But they do date but themselves. that's early. Season five. And they date themselves. Like, because of the, of the fact that they do their show one week at a time. Yeah. Yes, it's really current. But, like, when I go back and watch it, like, they did an episode. It's it's all about anthrax and the war in Afghanistan, which is really funny. And, like, it's actually some of that holds up so much that you're like, wow, it's crazy that they were right on these are part. still the things now. But there's a goat in that episode, and they refer to this goat as, like, Stevie Nicks. Now, like, I don't know what that joke is. Like, I don't know if there was something going on at the time, if it's just over my head. But I just don't get it. And it's, like, a running joke throughout the whole thing. And I'm like, I'm just missing something here. Well, I think, it's was that, like, the, I don't know, maybe, like, anti-war criticism or something? I guess so, because, like, it was supposed to be about, like, oh, we're having an SO, uh, what are those called? SOS shows? OS? Yeah, for, uh, yeah, OSS. For, like, for the soldiers. Yeah. It was supposed the to be OSS like Stevie story. Nicks is performing for the soldiers and it's a goat. And they're like, is that Stevie Nicks? And I'm like, I don't get Maybe this. Maybe it's just because she looks like a goat. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> but I will say. It's cracking you up. It's really funny. Like, it's just, it's so good. Hey, that's they have a reputation. And you watch a little Joe Schmo show. It's, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually forgot about it. <laughs> I forgot that I was in the middle of that. That's what I should have been watching. I've been oh looking God. for we're, a show, we're and I forgot done. that I only watched episode one. We're almost done. Hey, the, don't rush through it. There's only eight episodes. And I've been... There's just, actually a season two. And three. And a three. I, yeah, I've never and seen three. It. And I don't think season two is really good. 
I saw a comment on the first episode of season one. It was, I didn't know, I only had ever watched season two and three, and coming here, this, this, show, this is so good. And I'm like, Season one of that show, I'm telling you. Is How do they do it a second time? Television, that's what I'm saying. And the third Well, time. they changed the whole premise. So in the second season, it's a dating show, like The Bachelor. And there's a guy and a girl who are both the Joe Schmo. But in that show, like, immediately the girl figures out that it's, like, this bullshit. Is and then they, like, bring her on the show, like, as a cast member, essentially. And then they just trick the guy for the whole season. It's like, whatever. But the first season of television. Was it, like, news? Was Joe Schmoso news it when it was been. airing? It should have been. Like, was the guy... Did they get that guy in every talk show to be like... No, he was... What happened? He, and I, like, tried to find him He's now, probably non-existent, And, right? like, there's one, maybe, Instagram account that might be him, but I don't think it is. It doesn't really what's, look what's like What's his him. name? Michael... No, Matthew Kennedy Gould. Matthew Kennedy Gould. There's one Instagram account that he's, like, kind of an influencer. He makes music. It looks like it might be him, but I don't think it is. And it doesn't mention anything about the Joe Schmoso. He Schmose. looks like Owen Benjamin. I don't know if he looks like... He looks like a regular old... Like just some guy that was in your high school class. Oh, no, this isn't him. Right? That's not him. You're on that Instagram account? Yeah, there's no way this is him. But that's the only person that comes up with that name. So, like, unless he went into hiding. No, it's definitely not him. <laughs> there's no other Matt Goulds? No. But they found the perfect person to be on the show because he he just does everything. Dude, he's so exactly all through the whole season. It's just perfect. So we're on the last episode. They're finally going to reveal that it's a, a that he was conned, Tim. And that that's when the show. That's when the uh, the amazing thing about this show. And I told Rachel, who is watching it with me, this too. Yes, it's hilarious. The whole. The whole premise, and then each episode, watching the situations unfold as you know what this guy doesn't know. It's hilarious, and it cracks you up because of everything. But that's not why it's magic and amazing. In the last episode of this show, it gets it hits you in every emotion. It probably makes you like sad. It fucking it's just is amazing. I mean, I there have been times so far in just the one episode where I'm like, I feel, I feel like bad. bad. I'm like, God, this, this is not poor good. guy. Because he's so trustworthy. Like Dude, not, he's not trust. He's so trusting. A little spoilers, but the show's like fifteen years old. So, in episode seven, uh, so it's older. The yeah, show came out two thousand two or three. I think. Oh. Molly, the character of Molly, he has like by the end of the by the end of the ten days in the house, he has, he like wants her so bad, and he like keeps in, putting out like these innuendos, like hitting on her in the show, to the point where Molly. The, like the actress is she's like can't comfortable. take it she's like I <laughs> oh my god and there's like so many things it's so amazing like the character of Earl like at the end of the show Frank they line them up the characters to ask questions of Matt well, of the characters who are still left like Survivor like oh you get your final interview yeah. with the people who've been voted off and Earl the gun nut his question is Imagine the enemy has captured you, and they beat you and torture you, and they molest you sexually, and they, like, rip off your fingernails and kick your teeth in, and break your ribs and flay your skin. Would you give them information on your team? And secondly, uh, 
What was your favorite game we played? It's <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> like, what the... And then Matt is so... He's... Gives everything the benefit of the doubt. He takes that seriously. I think the problem, the only problem with it is, it's way too easy for a viewer to think, how could you not know? But how would you know? How would you know? You, but you gotta see, by you're, the end though. You're signed up for a reality television I'm telling show. you, by the end, you would like to believe that you would have figured it out. <laughs> I don't know if I would have. You get to, get to see some of the things that like, happen. You haven't seen the talent show with Kristen Wiig. No, but like. You haven't if, seen. But if you're like, telling me. There's an eating competition where they literally try and serve him dog shit. <laughs> like if you're on a reality show and you want the million dollars. It's $100,000. They're like, eat this dog shit. <laughs> Does he eat it? <laughs> it's not real dog shit. He doesn't eat it. But it's hilarious because he's like, what the? I'm not eating dog shit. The thing too is like, he's like, such, he seems like such like a, a good, good guy. guy. Like a good he's hearted like guy. Now, what yeah. I don't understand is if at the end of the show, yes. what if he's like, this is, was insane. I can't believe you did this. This better not air. Well, they were worried he's going to like beat the shit out of them, like kill people. Like, well, they're kind of smart because they did it. Did they like in the contract? Like, I'm assuming you have to sign a bunch of releases yeah. to be on a reality show. Yeah, and I'm sure. In the did they like in that contract? It says like, like this is a fake we show. We might be tricking you. Yeah, that'd be okay. And he just signed it. Like, <laughs> well, he went to law school too, and they like play that on him. Like, they like put him in position where he thinks that he's using like his legal degree against <laughs> another, against a lawyer. It's just some actor who's being a dick. <laughs> what if he's just like living on the street somewhere? He's like. He's never gotten Going over it. That. Well, they give him a hundred dollars, hundred thousand dollars. So, but like it, that show is also really groundbreaking for like the LGBT community. Kip's character being so like the Dude. way the way Matt has to interact with Kip. Matt outs him immediately. You're gay, You're gay right? right? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Well, he's probably like he's probably like never even interacted with a, an out gay when, person when he goes because back in two thousand, like his age in two thousand. Too like it's not no. like today. So he goes up when he gets in the house and he's like talking to him like, "Yo, I didn't mean I didn't want to make you uncomfortable or anything. I was just saying." And he goes, "I'm an ally, bro. I'm an ally." And I was cracking up. That's like the start of all this. No, like, I'm an ally. It's like, yeah, okay. So fucking funny. Yeah, it shows good. I want to finish it. Yeah, you should. Um, and then you have I don't know if you follow this brick stuff that's going on. The, uh, no, you were even talking about Russia-China alliance oh, with their dude, new currency. I don't, I don't care. I, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because all of South America... They won. They're the world's power well, now. I was going to say, okay, yeah. It's just an... We might be... Which is why war We is, might actually be lucky. We might get beaten without ever having to To go to fight. war. yeah, yeah. Well, our economy, we just might wake up in a couple weeks and everything costs a trillion dollars. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> well, and that would be a good thing. Like, that could probably be the best thing we could have. So 90% of the country will getting be out of this, Getting out of this without war. And just like, hey, things are going to be tough for a while. But at least no one's going to die. I just think that if we got to that point, people would no longer be able to excuse everything. Like, if, the, if hyperinflation hits and the economy... Tim Pool has been talking about this for Four years now, it seems about Thucydides' trap yeah. and about how like they're passing us. Okay, as you lose and they they overtake you, war breaks out. 
And, like, we're seeing everything that's happening. And we're all still just pretending like everything is fine. We got the trade wars, the economic wars. It's crazy. The, the cyber warfare. It's, it's all crazy. happening. We're over them on every stage. Not just China and Russia. Like, this is an entire block now of countries. That includes, like, countries like India and Venezuela and Nicaragua. Like, countries you in Egypt and, like... Like Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, and Iran. Mortal enemies for hundreds and hundreds of years are That's uniting I, around you know the yuan is? against... Because they hate us, dude. You know what it is? <laughs> this is what happens when you get complacent. <laughs> and when you're big ass. And you get cocky. And you think, no one gonna do anything. <laughs> you act like you're the big bully on the block. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you were the big bully. But now there's 50 guys. But now everyone's guys. fully grown. And we're like, well, you know what? If we just come together, we just kick the shit out of these guys. <laughs> and we're just like... Oh, wait... Hold on. You know the meme of the little black kid and he's just like... <laughs> yeah, that's us. It's us. It's us. We're just like looking around like... And the unfortunate thing is like the people who are in charge are not capable of responding to this threat. They didn't even... I'd like to give them the benefit that's of the doubt. That's the best part though. That's would, the good thing. Yes. I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they... This is by design. You know? I actually think... But they're just incompetent. I'm actually going to start changing my attitude. I actually think where we are right now is the best possible place we could have been. Electing Trump and avoiding the Hillary Clinton 2016 presidency allowed us to get to the point where we're going to be just flatlined without... Hot wars. But that, like, that would we be did good. it. That's a win. I'm going to count that as a and win. we did it. We I did mean, that. And, and it was... Because that bitch would have had us... But I think... In I, the, the war with Russia, within a month's time of her taking office... We, they, who knows? We said this last week. Who knows where we'd be right yeah. now? And I, we said it last week too about Trump and like how okay, maybe he put the deep state in a better position to do all this stuff. But we also have to give him credit because he he was able to show that you put the right person in power and they can make things work and fix a lot of the problems that had been before. Like Trump turned the economy back on and was able to put policies in place that that really put China and Russia at bay, and he worked with Russia. But it almost made them like it's a good dichotomy. Because, stronger, yes. In the long run, it made them stronger because the person because like forced them to have to work together. They prepared for it going back, and and you could even argue that China made sure that Joe Biden got into office so that they could be in the position that they're in right we now. We said that we said that in the very in the early days. But it just shows that like China and Russia prefer it when we have people in power who are like weak. The, like the Uniparty who have these policies that empower them. We have been saying for a decade now that the goal of the international ruling class is to take power away from the American working class, shift political and economic power to Beijing, and they're doing that. There will well, be... look at the people who've been in charge now for decades. Yes. They're all the same people. They're the, old and powerless. The beauty of Trump is that he was a proof of concept. You know what I mean? Like, he proved us right. He essentially, he essentially is a marker, you can say. It was like, here are all the people who are working to empower a one-world government and, and power placed in the East instead of the West. And here's one guy who was elected by people who were saying that were to be the case and did policies that prevented that from happening for a short period of time. And then we went back to doing the things that made that occur. So, like, it's very simple. It's going to be so weird when, like, everything you buy is going to say, like, made in Russia. I don't. It'll always be China. You think it's always gonna be China? Yeah. You don't Russia. Think, I think. Russia's I think Russia's got gonna, the Russia's only got the energy. I don't know. I we, think. I think Russia's gonna see the biggest benefit of all this. I think Russia's gonna become like the next China. Like, you know, how China's like. They're going to. They. 
they won't. They won't. They it's don't have. Be, China's got the infrastructure and the technology to continue producing but, goods for the world. Well, hold on. Russia will this be is, the breadbasket no, no, no. like they currently are for Europe and the uh, energy provider for Europe. That's incredible. Here's why I think. Here's why I think you're wrong. This is the natural cycle of things. We started as manufacturers. We yes. manufactured everything. Yes, that's going to be then China. As you grow, yes, you say, well, we're going to move our some manufacturing leaves because you yeah. want cheaper labor for sure. Well, now China, who's going to manufacture everything. The people in China are going to expect more money. Now, granted, that's communist regime. Who knows? China has plenty of people who are still not educated. But eventually. Not in the middle class. I'm talking in 100 years from now. They're going to say, hey, we can get cheaper labor in Russia. And they're going to to export their their, uh, manufacturing to Russia. And you're going to have this whole thing. The Russian worker... It's not like... Okay. There's a couple things. Russia is comprised of a bunch of republics that operate almost independently and do a bunch of things that are specific to the region they're from, right? On a national level, the Russian workforce is already kind of in place. Meanwhile, the Chinese workforce just in the last 10 years, has only now industrialized and become what it is. But sure, but China is going to face a population problem. They are facing a population problem, but that's not imminent, and it's not something that's But Russia is also facing them. a population problem a lot in of a different are. sense. They're old. A lot of countries are. But China's always going to have the advantage when it comes to manufacturing. But Russia's place is as the energy exporter and as the food exporter for Europe and Asia. That's crazy. That's huge. That's a huge responsibility for Russia's role in this alliance. And China is going to use a lot of Russian energy. It is kind of sick that like real life risk is just being played right now. Russia China, has all, Russia also has all the gold. China and Russia making moves. They're like, now's our time. Attack. The U.S. has spent the last hundred years removing themselves from the gold standard and taking on massive amounts of debt like a Stupid high schooler. You know, we always and play Russia, the game of like, oh, that debt's not real because like, we have nukes. Like, the, the debt will never come due. But when Russia and China <laughs> join forces and have all this and, they, all and they come to our doorstep like, we're debt What are you going to do with those nukes? Yeah, we're so screwed. So, but we're screwed in a good way because it'll give us the opportunity to like hang our politicians. We gotta Metaphorically. We've got to repent as a nation. Maybe. Oh. This is the last thing I'm going to say because I'm kind of tired here. Okay. Um... I'm going to start going back to church. Take me. I go. Come with us. Come to St. Alice. Well, I have a church in walking distance of yeah, my house. Yeah, that's probably better. So I'm going to do that, I think. The, is that Avon? No, it's right in Bradley. It's the... Oh, it's yeah, like, that It's like on my street. Yeah, yeah. That's a Catholic church? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, wow. Every, I didn't know it was a Catholic church. I saw a family member walking out of there today. Oh, nice. And I was like, huh, I guess I'm going to go there. Cool. So we're going to see. We're going to see how church goes. All right. Have fun with that. Yeah. I think it's a good time to do that. Uh, I agree. <laughs> I got to get right... Um, oh, another thing I wanted to bring up. I sent you that video a couple of weeks ago of the Egypt thing, and I know you didn't get to watching it, but the reason, one of the reasons why I sent it to you is because I wanted to bring up that channel who made that video, because I've been watching a lot of videos from this guy, and it's called The Y Files, and it's definitely, considering like in 2015 the internet changed, and you used to be able to just get conspiracy videos and watch every conspiracy yeah. you wanted, and now it's not like that anymore. This guy has the best conspiracy content 
on the internet. The Y files? The Y files. And W-H-Y? Yes. Every interesting conspiracy you've ever come across or pondered, he's, he's covered. And he does such a good job of giving you the entirety of the conspiracy and the entirety of the facts that debunk the conspiracy and letting you come to your own conclusion about that conspiracy in a fun and entertaining way, in a high quality and informative way. And I think if people are interested in conspiracy content out there, you should well, definitely check, check out, out the Y files. Um, Andrew Schultz was on Joe Rogan. Yep. And I only listened to like the first little bit. And they were talking about the pyramids. Joe Rogan loves the pyramids. It's like his favorite thing. Yeah. He loves the Graham Hancock's theory about how old they are and what technology possibly could have existed that allowed him to do that. And it knocked us back into the Stone Age, whatever that cataclysmic event was. And they were talking about that. And like the people who argue that, like there's no way. And they brought like, what if like tomorrow there's a cataclysmic event only a few thou- couple hundred thousand people survive, or whatever. And everything is knocked down. You're starting from scratch. And then in a hundred years' time, you have to explain Wi-Fi. How do you explain Wi-Fi? We have the internet. Yeah, but what's internet? Alright, so it's a, like, it a series of tubes. Like, it doesn't make any sense, like, to explain what Wi-Fi is. It's like, well... But information when Because, like, we know technology by, like, we know tools. Like, yeah. we know what... Th- Alright, we know what this is. But, like... When it's something that's not a tangible thing. So, like, what did they have when they were doing the Great Pyramids? Well, that, like, so wasn't this tangible thing? People think the pyramids have, like, an auditory effect on the inside. Like, Dude, I... Get, did I bring that up? frequencies and that, create energy in there. The last... Like, I listened to an entire podcast about how it... They think it's, a, like, a... Like an energy tower. Yeah. But but it was, it's believe, not tombs. There are people who believe that if you get to the right frequency of sound in the... It matches they, the... They'll levitate. Like, it matches so, the pitch of, like, the... Earth, earth emits, like, a noise. And the only thing the that matches that... resonance is what it's called. The um, pyramids resonate that exact pitch. There are people who believe a lot of things like that about the pyramids. And it would be funny. Like, I mean, we can't even begin to hope to know what all the like point the, was. All, like, the inside blocks come from a quarry that's like two three thousand yeah like what are we doing it's crazy well that's that's what annoys me is people who criticize the pyramid conspiracy will say like oh they didn't have anything to do so of course they were just moving stones across sand and they'll bring up that guy who like has videos of him moving giant blocks in his yard with like logs and spinning it like on his pavement like do it on sand over three thousand miles over mountains the, the size of the stones, people don't realize, the size of the stones are bigger than stones that we quarry today. Like, yes. We don't quarry and move stones the size of the stones that are that are comprising the pyramids. So, like, it's not as simple as just, like, a guy figured out how to move a heavy stone. No. Like, what, how heavy is the stone that this guy's moving? Because, like, these, stone, these well, stones are, like... He's, his point was, like, he was able to move a stone by himself the size of... I don't think it was stone. actually the size of a pyramid. It's stone. relative. It's relatively the size, but that's not the point. One man might be able to con- come up with a system of like logs and and pulleys to do it by himself, but like the scale of the project and the we've never found any of those tools that would have yeah, been like, required yeah, like where are those? to do that. Yeah, where are those then? So like, I'm glad that you figured out a way for you to move a rock a few feet in your yard. But that's the thing, right? They say we couldn't build the pyramids now. Not as perfectly. So, like, I don't care that you have a video where you moved a, <laughs> a stone. Yeah. Science agrees we can't recreate the pyramids now. So, we, I gotta go. I wanna go see him so bad. 
All right, well, that was a pretty good podcast. Touched on a lot of sh- a lot of stuff there. Yeah, we're very worldly. We'll yeah. see you next week.
Back on Twitter, baby. Welcome back. Um, delighted to have you back. I have two. I have one account, and then I have, there's a second Lurk account that I created. They have a burn. And then once I created that, I was like, let's see if they'll approve Espiazzi. And they did that. No, so what I'm going to do, the one account is strictly my professional account for, like, this podcast, my poetry, and normal Reply Guy stuff. The other account is where I wage war against the hive mind of Twitter. That'll be the account that potentially will get suspended. And then when it does, you won't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, it was fun because I saw... Actually, it was funny. The way I knew you were back was... I had notifications, but I don't click on them right away. Like, yeah. just my home screen is up. And the first tweet was from this woman who was tweeting at you, welcome back. And I was like, oh, hey. look at that. <laughs> um, That's Sarah. Yeah, I was on Twitter... And someone said, you know, after three years of avoiding it, I finally got COVID, and I got it pretty bad. I've been laid up, and I I know, I know that they're like liberal. And I just replied and said, "Are you vaccinated? Hope I hope so. Who knows how bad it could have been if current? Because I think that's like my favorite thing is just that awful. we there's no way to know. Like if it's already awful, it's literally the. One, I don't think it did anything. It's the thing that they say to. To make themselves feel better. Because, like, everyone I know who's unvaccinated who's gotten COVID, it's not been a big deal at all. So, like... I mean, like, I got it. It was bad. But, like, if I was vaccinated, I don't think it would have changed anything. But when you say it was bad, like, bad compared to how many other sicknesses you've had in your life. It was, like, the worst flu I ever had. It was still not the worst. It was up there, though. Like, it was, like, probably... Like, this, it was, like, the second worst flu I had. But it wasn't, like... It was more annoying than anything. It was just the length of it. It was long and it was annoying. And honestly, the after actually was worse than anything that happened during. I remember when I went back to the gym after having it. You'd like get this really weird, like... You just felt weird. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it was healthy. But then I would exert energy and I was like... Am I a zombie? <laughs> but that only lasted like a week and then I was fine. And then my taste came back the week after. I like how the the first day I'm back on um, uh, Twitter, there's a mass shooting. Do you see there's a, girl. a mass shooting today? A girl. Yeah, congratulations to the women for I'm getting not, on the list. I'm not convinced she didn't have a penis. <laughs> wait, let's wait for that to come let's out. Let's make sure it, was a tra- it wasn't a trans one. Also, okay, I've so... I've changed my stance on trans, by the way. I appreciate how belittling they are <laughs> of actual women, and I'm all for it. They're really making it obvious. Um... I think it's interesting how, first of all, mass shootings jumped the shark in 2017 with Steven Paddock in Las Vegas. Like, yeah, we were, after that shooting... We were like, we're kind of over this, right? Like, Eddie, you could kill 500 tw- two-year-old children in a daycare center with a Gatling gun, and I don't think I would bat an eye. I, I would never think it were legitimate. Like, my first reaction every time I hear one of these headlines is... But what to the, clarify, you mean legitimate in the sense that, like... Legitimate in the sense that, like, organically covered and... Real. Orchestrated. So, like... Not, like, fake, no one actually died. Yeah, no. Sure. I'm sure people were shot and okay, killed. because you're like, but I like, don't care that all these two-year-olds are dead. I'm I'm, like, I'm, so, I care in the sense that, like, I wish they wouldn't have died. 
I don't care in the sense where, like, the way we stop the country to talk about it incessantly and then everyone gets on their soapbox to explain why or why not this means people should have well, guns. It's just it's just dumb. Like, <laughs> I'm so over the conversation about every time there's a mass shooting, oh, shouldn't have guns. why guns are bad. It's like, what are we talking about? There's a million reasons why these mass shootings are terrible, awful things. Um, the the fact that they have guns in the first place isn't. Do you hear that? What is that? That's the sound that the I've told you. One of our, is that wind? No, it's our neighbor. He's singing with his headphones on. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> when I lived here, I felt like I never heard him do that. Does a lot. But he's loud, right? I thought it was like a baby crying, or like <laughs> maybe there was like a your garage wasn't fully sealed, so like wind was like. You know, like when you get like that. No, it's a guy screaming. That's nice. Um, yeah, like our society is sick and dying, and in multiple facets, like economically, culturally, uh, legally, like there's just a million ways in which we're unraveling. And one of the symptoms is that is we are we are resorting to to tribalistic violence against one another. And there are very vulnerable, mentally fragile people who, unlike us, who can handle the day-to-day onslaught of stress and negativity that gets pumped into us by the media and the people who run the world, um, we can handle it. And then we can channel that energy to put our mind towards things like some this. Some people can't. They break. Some people go get a gun and shoot. Or, or, or some people are trained <laughs> to oh, yeah, do well, exactly what... Well, no. So here's the other thing. Let's say you're so like if you're like me, you know that your social media accounts are flagged. You know that I don't think mine are. Well, I'm saying if you're someone out there who who is like me, who has fringe beliefs and is willing to vocalize opinions that might inflame people's sensitivities if they're like relatable or like like the government or whatever. I think you understand if you're if you're not, let's say, completely unhinged. You understand that. There's a difference between saying things that are inflammatory and then like and then, going out and plotting yes. a fucking school shooting, you know? So like if I were seriously going to do a mass act of violence, I would believe that someone who's watching all of my social media accounts stop it. would stop it, right? Yeah. Well, what I think kind of might happen, maybe, I have no proof of this, Someone comes instead of like, stopping it, they go, hey, what if we get you more ammo? Oh, what if you, hey, you see that school over what there? What if we point you in the direction of a pretty vulnerable group of people that you could attack? That door's unlocked. I know it's not supposed to be, but someone propped it open with a rock. Oh, here's an AK. Also, here's a map of the layout of the school. Uh, The security goes to lunch between this time. The police response time is six minutes. You do that with that information what you will. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying you should do anything. But here you go. So, I mean, look, I have no evidence of that. But, like, that's just what I believe. So, sorry. I'm with you. And then when these things happen, and it's like, well, was that person really a danger? And they're like, well, the FBI was at their house six times in the last two years. So, what? <laughs> well, that's always it. It's like, well, this person was on a list, and we were watching him, and we did nothing. And we detained him. It's like, what's the point <laughs> of the Patriot Act if you're not going to do anything? Do you see this new Restrict Act that's coming out? I saw, like, a headline oh about it, God, but I didn't, look so in, good. I didn't look anything into I, it. You know who the most evil people in our government are? This is true. Like, I... I think I don't even think I need to convince people that I'm right when I say this. There's a there's a far and away the most evil people in our government, and it's not even close by a wide wide margin. What do you mean by people? 
group people with a job. It's not like a senators. It's not like senators. It's not like the seventh floor group at the State Department. It's not the CIA as a whole. Lobbyists. It's not lobbyists. It's the people, whoever they are, who whose job it is, is to come up with the acronym <laughs> that is the title of the yeah, bills yeah, yeah. that they write because their job is to read these Is that someone's up... job? Yeah, well, it must be because they're so good. Like, the Patriot Act stands for something. All those letters... Yeah, what was the last one that just <laughs> went through that... I didn't even know There's another, it's, stood yeah, for something. It's just everything. And they're always so ironically, like... Oh, it's brutal. So this Restrict Act, like, the acronym is wild. It's, like, rest- stopping domestic terrorism, but, like, it all works for the word Restrict but they have to read these bills, which the, this bill, essentially, now it's targeting social media and tech companies, so it's not at the individual. But what it is essentially doing, it's, it's letting the federal government... Is this the TikTok ban bill? Yes. So that's the headline of the bill. It will ban TikTok. It won't ban TikTok. It better not. It's worse than that. <laughs> It'd be one thing if they just ban TikTok, but what it actually does is it gives the government essentially a set of rules and abilities in order to essentially classify social media and tech companies as foreign agents and actors if they don't do and say and it's give basically, the government exactly what It's basically what like, want. why can't we control your speech social, any longer? Yes. So it but that's why like, I don't understand why TikTok... Like, the people who are like for the banning of TikTok is weird to me because it's like, do you think all the other companies don't do stuff with your data? Yeah, All so, of the data that China is getting from TikTok, they could get anywhere. It essentially is like, we've been saying for years, we need to nationalize things like Twitter and the social media platform. So, like, they took that idea of, like, we need to nationalize social media. And instead of, like, making it a utility for the people, what they've done instead is they've made it a weapon for the government. I think that's good. <laughs> I think the government needs more help controlling us. <laughs> It's essentially like, if you don't do and sell the data in the way that we tell you to use and sell the data, even the we point? own your company. Like, what's even the point anymore? Like, if you're the government, you've won so, so, so hard. You're, so you're, hard. You're such assholes. We're all so disenfranchised. <laughs> you can't let us have, like, Twitter. <laughs> it's like, well, that's a threat to us. Yeah, it should be a threat to you. And you should, at least let us, you, should, you should at least let us have this thing. That none of us... We said it last week, which is the same thing this week, which is, like, we never actually organize and do anything to fight. fight. So, like, just let us have Twitter. We, where we can sh- at least we pretend... We can at least pretend we're going to do something. Well, there's a lot of legal minds who've read this bill who've come to the conclusion that the way it's written is deliberate. So, like, what they want it to... Obviously, it always is. It's just, like, it's written to be, like, the entry point. Just, like... The Patriot Act was written, but nowhere in the Patriot Act does it actually say, like, we're going to have an, a black site facility in the middle of the salt, the Utah desert that has a CIA data center that collects every single phone call and email that every American citizen sends. But that's kind of the result of it. So the people who study these things have come to the conclusion that the way this bill is written is actually like, okay, yeah, it gives them the ability to classify any domestic, like, tech company or Silicon Valley company or whatever as a foreign adversary simply if they act like one by their definition they're worried that that's going to then be used to target individual citizens so essentially like 
You know how they, well, they the liberals call you Russian asset because now I'm a post, Ru- and now I'm a Russian. Well, if asset. you post things that the State Department views as Russian propaganda, often even if you have no formal connection to Russia, you are actually a foreign agent. Again, I say good. <laughs> I put me in, lock me up, end the charade. Says go to how bed. How insecure are the people in our intelligence community? Well, then, because they're listen, you're fighting dorks. They're such dorks. You like guys you're are fighting you guys dorks. Are losers. You're fighting dorks, dweebs, and other things that we will not we will not speculate as to what those other things are. Like this is what it is. So yeah. So, so the Restrict Act. So the, there is a group of people whose whole job it is to read that awful legislation that takes away so many freedoms and rights blatantly and gives it to like it's so funny because the people who introduced that bill, I think it was Warner and and Thune. So Mark Warner from Connecticut and Thune, who's one of the most corrupt Republicans in the entire party, who's on the list of like the biggest insider traders in the Republican Party and the Democrat Party. Plus Mark Warner, who was one of the first guys in Ukraine in 2014 with Lindsey Graham as a Democrat senator talking to Nazi Azov Battalion guys telling them how we're going to arm them against Russia when the time comes. And here we are in 2023. And they're the guys who want to take away our ability to talk to each other on TikTok. It's fun. It's like, it's so backwards. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. I just don't care. Yeah. I mean, there's no, no point. It was like, what is me caring going to do? You think we'll let, let us podcast? Probably not. You're not going to be allowed to do anything. And until then... If we have, like, a, a new Great Depression, do you think the baseball season will still make it through the... Yeah, I think so. They won't stop. Playing. I think the powers that be understand that, like, if we didn't have sports, they would be fucked. <laughs> if I weren't focused on... Think about Volpe it. Volpe right now. Think about it. Whenever anything gets too, like, stressful for me, and I'm like, I hate everything, and then put on a baseball game, I'm like, yay, judge. <laughs> like, oh, you know when we were talking about the time of these baseball games? Yeah. Like, two hours, how it's so short? I think one of the reasons why these spring training games have been so short, too, is, like, the commercial breaks and everything aren't really factored into these And games. I don't think no one, I don't think anyone cares about these yeah. games. So, like, I think that the, the average will probably push closer to three. No, I think it's going to be. two. No, I think we're going to be, like, 225. I hope we're, I think the sweet spot would be 230 to 240. I agree. With, like, some games touching three and then some College games. football games are four hours long. So I, I don't... And everyone <laughs> loves college football. So I just don't get why baseball gets singled you out. Listen, you and, know. like, football has significantly less action than people think it does. Has I'm not saying less. football... Has less action than baseball. I'm not going to say that. But I'm just saying, like, from, like... It's just... Football is... Watch a game of football. It is just... Short bursts of waiting Short for bursts of waiting for something. Like, baseball, you're just waiting for a pitch to be thrown. And a, a lot of the time, like, if a pitch is a ball or a strike and it doesn't result in action, it doesn't mean that that wasn't action. The throwing of the pitch was the action. That is the sport that we are watching. We are invested in this game that is throwing this ball towards that hitter. Fuck. I, it's just so... Listen, we want to do nine innings of that in under 45 minutes. If we yeah, it's what that, it feels like. It's like what it feels like. like. People like, would love baseball. Can, uh, we're actually going to simulate the first seven innings, and we'll just play a three-inning game. Let's do a sim game. <laughs> I don't even do that when I'm playing a video game. I'm like, uh, playing a whole 162, this game's going to take me a long time. Should I sim it? No, I'm just going to beat the play. Orioles 17 times. <laughs> I know. It is pretty brutal. Um, I want the new, the show. 
Okay, it's Game how, Pass. People are talking about how good it is, but it's apparently like the road to the show in this one is like pretty buggy. There's like runner on second and third, and guy hits it like just a single in the center field, and like just stays at home plate and then runs to third, <laughs> and it's counted as a two run RBI triple. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> I always wonder how they mess things like that up in sports games. Especially because, like, if in, like, a road to the show game mode, you've already made it. Aren't you just importing your previous game? I can't remember game? what year it was we last played the show. Maybe it was, like, 19 or 20. Uh, but I think it was the Harper. Whatever Harper cover In that was. game, the big thing that pissed me off was when he would hit a... What was the the call that... Like, it's something that had oh, to be written by oh, someone who's not uh, a baseball guy. Dead left. That was one of them. Like, one of them was, dead, it was like straight away left field. Yeah, straight away left. It's like that's not a thing. It's like straight away center. That was one. Straight away left. It's like, well, that's just it's just left. I and think. And then there was there's another one. Like some of the grand slam. Like a there's a few things where it's like this was made by someone who doesn't know anything about the sport. Like Matt Vescurgeon when he was like recording the voiceover. Why wasn't he like, hey, I've never said this ever. Yeah. So I don't know. All right, well, that's a good warm-up. We can go talk about real stuff now.